Let me start off by saying one thing. Artemis Fowl is just not good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Walk This Way podcast. I'm Corbin, your host, and I invite you to join me on a journey to discover the ins and outs of the Disney Plus platform. Whether you belt out to Moana songs in the shower or just love watching The Mandalorian, this podcast is for you. So grab a chair, grab a coffee, and grab a movie. Because today, I'll be sharing my full review of Artemis Fowl. So Artemis Fowl is finally on Disney+. Artemis Fowl was originally set to be released on August 9th, 2019, but it was delayed to May 29th, 2020, following some creative differences and editing that they needed to do. Due to the coronavirus, it was instead pushed back to June 12th, when it was released on Disney Plus instead of being released in theaters. Honestly, releasing this movie on Disney Plus is the best thing to ever happen to it. I think if it had ended up in theaters, the box office would have been very below average a flop for Disney in terms of the theatrical box office. And let's not forget that this is a very big budget film. It cost $125 million to make. And did it make a difference in the final outcome? Probably not. So after all these setbacks and changes, Artemis Fowl is officially out on Disney+, and I had the opportunity to watch it on its opening day, June 12th. As with any good review, let's start with the opening scene of the film. The opening honestly isn't that bad. We have some news reporters casting this eerie feel over Artemis Fowl and his family, and then we get our first kind of interrogation scene. It feels similar to the opening of, say, Ocean's Eleven, where someone is being interrogated, puts you, to use a literary term, in medias res, where you're inside the middle of the story. And it's a great thing that they opened on one of the best characters in the movie, Mulch Diggums, played by Josh Gad. Mulch Diggums provides the only comic relief in the film, his digging, chewing, I don't even know what to call it, is, yeah, it's pretty bad, but I think that Josh Gad was able to take that character and do some great things with it. But his work as Mulch Diggums um, sets up one of the biggest flaws in this movie. The veteran actors, in terms of Nonzo Anosier, Judy Dench, Josh Gad, they all portray their parts fine. Some were good. They all carried their part pretty well. I think the best one could be Colin Farrell. He's kind of setting himself up to be just a great dad character by this point. Um, in the past movies he's done with Saving Mr. Banks and Dumbo. So I think he's kind of put himself in that position, but he does a great job. But the, the child actors in this film is where I believe that the creative direction fell short. That casting is one of the biggest problems for this film, and that is most evident in the child actors. Ferdia Shaw, Laura McDonald, talking about the actors for Artemis, Holly Short, Juliet, and I really feel bad for these kids too because I don't know if it's just bad placement into an already bad movie, but I feel bad because um, for some of them it's their first big budget movie like this. All the words feel forced, the lines feel awkward, they're just waiting for their next line instead of really getting into the character or really saying it as a character would say it. It seems like they're more just doing the script. 
especially Ferdia Shaw. I think he's okay when he's like at the beginning when he's surfing and skateboarding. I think that he kind of presents the swagger of a character which honestly isn't supposed to be super athletic, but every one of his lines feels like he's reading it straight from the script. The meaningful moments seem misplaced and seemed awkward. I think Judy Dench did a great job in her role. I believe uh, it kind of sets up one of the problems, though, with this film, that it doesn't follow the book at all. I had the opportunity to read the book a few weeks ago in preparation of this movie coming out, and the book felt almost like a uh, Home Alone kind of thing, where fairies are attacking, and this unathletic, super genius kid is in his home trying to kind of manipulate his way through the whole thing. And I believe one of the biggest contrasts they set up in the book is the fact that he is like this anti-hero. He is a criminal mastermind at heart. And they use that terminology in the film, but he literally does nothing other than kidnap Holly Short. There's no really big criminal activity, anything like that, in the movie that was presented in the book. In terms of Judy Dench's character, Commander Root, in the book, Commander Root was a male. And so the prejudice against Holly Short being able to do what she wanted is more evident because it's from male to female. Instead, Judy Dench's character really has no reason to dislike Holly Short, and so the reasons for holding her back are less obvious. The connection isn't really made there. I think Judy Dench does fine in her position, but it's more of the character's motives that are flawed because they did the switch from the male to female. Before the film came out, people were trying to say, will Artemis Fowl be the next Harry Potter? And I believe the answer is a firm no. I've spent the past months rereading the Harry Potter books and um, watching all of the movies again. And there's just something enticing with the way that the whole world of magic is set up. Everything has a rhyme or reason to it. When you say a certain spell, then it's going to have a desired result. When you say Alohomora, there's going to be a door that unlocks based on where your wand's pointing. In terms of the magic of Artemis Fowl, though, especially in the movie, nothing is explained. They try this whole time freeze idea, and yet somehow Artemis and Butler just don't get affected by it at all. There's no real implications of what's going on. And at the same time, they use a lot of technology, fairy technology, LEP recon technology, which is obviously a clever play on words. But it's never really fleshed out, and it's never explained as to why something is happening. And I think the biggest difference between the Harry Potter movies and Artemis Fowl is, again, the child actors. I think that Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson, while, of course, in their first films, they were not top-notch actors, and they've, they've never received Oscars or anything for their performances, I think there was some connection that you could make between those characters that wasn't evident between the likes of Ferdia Shaw, Laura McDonnell. There was no real connection or desire to want to know the characters anymore. Whereas in Harry Potter, I believe they played to the strengths of those child actors very well. Probably the only comparison that could be made between Harry Potter and Artemis Fowl was the score. Obviously, there's the great John Williams score of Harry Potter, but I believe that Patrick Doyle did a great job with the Artemis Fowl score. There are elements of Irish music in there, kind of Celtic, it's almost Celtic dance, stylistic music, and I believe it really plays to the storyline well. There are a few tracks that sound very close to the same in terms of the action, staccato strings, where they sound practically the same, um, so I really kind of wish there were some more diversity in those action sequences, but I'm not going to fault him for the score. I think it was a great job. And it's interesting to note that it seems like Patrick Doyle and director Kenneth Branagh are a package deal by now. Um, In 18 of Kenneth Branagh's films, only two of them haven't been scored by Patrick Doyle. 
So that's something to be said. They're kind of working together, and I think they pull it off well. And speaking of Kenneth Branagh, he's had a lot of past success, um, and a few past successes with Disney, too. He worked on Thor for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Cinderella, both movies that performed well and did well were great representations of what they needed to be. Thor wasn't necessarily the best Marvel film, but it introduced a character very well. Cinderella may not be the best live-action movie, but it got people into the idea that, okay, these live-action movies might be worth our time, and it really set the stage for what was to come. I think the failure of this film compared to other films of Kenneth Branagh is the bad VFX. I think the virtual effects I feel like I'm watching Spy Kids, but it's 2020. It shouldn't be like that. Like Mulch Diggums when his jaw expands, that it is so unrealistic. Not that I expect his jaw to expand in the real world, but the way they made the virtual effects for that sequence, it looks like a PlayStation 2 video game almost. It's pretty bad. And the whole fairy underground area, just the virtual effects, it's appalling how rough it is compared to Avengers, things like that. They use CGI exceptionally well, and I think that this movie kind of failed in that aspect. Another reason why this movie just seemed to struggle was the acting. And it may have to do with the script. I think that the Irish blessing idea, for example, worked okay when it was Artemis Fowl Sr. talking to Artemis Fowl, but it was absolutely terrible when the butler died and Artemis Fowl was saying it over him. It was misplaced, it was awkward, it was just inconvenient. So I've watched some bad movies before, like I've mentioned on um, the podcast episode one. I've made it through things like Cats and the Emoji Movie and Strange Magic, all movies that I would say are some of the worst movies I've ever seen. And this one is kind of along those lines. I don't think that Armist Fowl is unwatchable. Like, there wasn't necessarily a moment when I was just wanted to turn it off because it was that bad. But it was by no means a good movie. I-, I can't vouch for this movie because it kind of failed every expectation. It failed the moviegoer's expectation of being a quality flick with some VFX, a good moral in the end, a coherent storyline. And then it also failed the people who had read the book and were expecting an adaptation of such a great story that Owen Colfer had created. And I think that they kind of failed the readers in that response. To give it a final score, my score out of 10 would probably be a a 4.1. It wasn't, again, the worst movie I've ever seen, but it was by no means the best. And I think that Patrick Doyle's score, I think that Josh Gad and Judy Dench, their characters kind of helped to improve the score, I guess, from the baseline of one. But it's still a long way from being great. And I think that the postponements and the editing changes that they made made this movie seem incoherent, made it seem kind of chopped up and smashed together. And I think that was to the detriment of the final outcome. Well, there you have it. While I can't say that I really enjoyed watching Artemis Fowl, I hope you enjoyed my review. For more great content, be sure to check out our blog at walkthisway.home.blog. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the WDW Podcast, find us on iTunes and Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode, and tune in next time for more Disney magic. See ya!